Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. Last week, we began our mental health series for 2021, and we tried to communicate to you that this is a subject that uh, we are committed to addressing every year um, because we believe that the church should speak to uh, the subject of mental health. Um, And at Calvary, we acknowledge that Christians are not exempt from these types of struggles, these types of illnesses. And more importantly than that, though, we believe that the church has something to offer, that we have hope to offer people who are hurting in this way because we believe in Jesus. We believe that he is the healer of all of our diseases, all of our illnesses. His name is greater than those things. And so what we want to do each time we address this heavy subject is is not to make you uncomfortable in any way, although I'm sure that's part of it. But my hope and my prayer is always to direct you to a resource that is rooted in the Word of God and that um, with the uh, information that we present to you, that your understanding of the Scriptures is enhanced by it and that you find specific application to this area of your life, this area of mental health. Because I believe that when we look for answers to some of these things in the Word of God, not only will we find them, but I think we will understand better how much God really does love us, how completely He loves us, that He's not just concerned with the physical, visible um, needs that we have in our lives, but anything that concerns us, anything that hurts us, anything that damages us, Jesus wants to help us with it. He wants to heal us from it. He wants to give us a testimony through it. And so this month, we are continuing our look into the fourth commandment this week, which is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And so last week, we addressed the importance of this principle of God's plan for our lives because it finds its place smack dab in the middle of the Ten Commandments, which are a big deal, by the way. And what I want to begin this lesson with is bringing to your attention that Mount Sinai was not where God established this concept of taking the day off. This is not the first time that we see God take a day off and say, you need to take a day off too. But God actually established this principle in the very beginning. In the first week during creation, God himself took the seventh day and the Bible lets us know all he did was rest. It's really something to think about. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, I want us to look at them together. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. The New Living Translation, which I personally am very fond of, says it this way, verse 3, And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, 
because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. God established this idea, this principle of Sabbath, the first week, and he called it holy that very first week. In both instances that we have now looked at, creation and Sinai with Moses, God distinguishes this unique concept from everything else that he was doing at that time. Think about the first days, six days of creation. The Bible concludes with the mother of all cross-references, all you former quizzers. The same seven-word phrase is how we would ask it in quizzing. And God saw that it was good. Every day for the first six days, the Bible sums up what God did in that way. But when God established a day of rest on that seventh day, God said, it's holy. He didn't say, it's good too. He didn't even say, man, this is very good. What a great idea. But God called the Sabbath holy. And so for six days, God created everything that was. He made something out of nothing. And that is something only God can do. But then on the seventh day, God again does something that only he can do. He takes something and he makes nothing out of it. He says on this day, you rest and God called it holy. And so tonight, I want us to look at what Sabbath is in the eyes of God and his reason according to scripture for not merely suggesting it to us, but actually God requires it of us. And so in my own struggles with Sabbath and in conversations with other people, I'm convinced that we have to have a biblical understanding of what rest is and why God commanded us to rest. Okay? I truly believe that it's the only way that we Americans, us 21st century people, will open up our hearts and our minds to say, this is a good idea, this is a God idea, and if I don't do it, I do it to my own detriment. All week I've thought of that quote I gave you last night, that, or last week, that said, we cannot break God's commandments, we can only break ourselves against them. That is such a powerful realization that when we don't honor God's word, we do it to our own hurt. And the Sabbath is no different than anything else. We know we're busy. We know we take on too much. Our kids even do too much. But the problem is the same as it has always been, that this concept of a day of rest is distinctly Judeo-Christian. We are frazzled and exhausted for the same reasons that the rest of the world is frazzled and exhausted. Stephen Covey, who I'm sure you've heard of, wrote a book called First Things First, and, and he puts it this way. People expect us to be busy, overworked. It's become a status symbol in our society. If we're busy, then we're important. And if we're not busy, we're almost embarrassed to admit it. Ouch. And as silly as that sounds, Robert Morris, who again, little plug here, the book that we're using, Take the Day Off, he points it out in his book and says, there's no negative social stigma with being addicted to busy. Nobody looks down on you. Most people won't even challenge you on it because they're in the same boat. 
Hence why I am under such extreme conviction with this particular series. Because this is something I struggle with too. It's socially acceptable. It's socially expected that we should live our lives without margin and that no part of our weekly calendar is left blank. And we've come a long way as Americans because it wasn't too long ago in our culture that all businesses were closed on Sunday. The church house was the only place open for business. And now that's the very, very rare exception and not the rule. Businesses like Calvary's beloved Chick-fil-A. Hallelujah. God's chicken. Do you feel it? I feel it, Kia. Yes, God. And Hobby Lobby. We've got Hobby Lobby fans in this house. Yes, Alicia. We've got Hobby Hobby Lobby stuff in this house. We love Hobby Lobby. They defy the pressure to be open on Sunday, and I think they're doing okay. And as Christians, it's hard not to put the two together to say, these businesses are honoring God, and they are not hurting for it. We could argue they're better for it. Does anyone else crave Chick-fil-A on Sunday? It's a real thing. And sometimes I'm mad, and I feel bad that I'm mad at them for honoring God. Right? You're making me feel better, because I'm like, I'm a horrible, selfish person. You should be open on Sunday for me. But it always sounds good. Fast and chicken on Sunday. What's perfect? But while I was, I was thinking about this reality, I thought of three different songs by three different Artists all speaking to this idea that Chick-fil-A dashes their hopes and dreams on Sunday. But my favorite one is by Tim Hawkins, the Christian comedian. Do you guys know this, this one? It's to the tune of um, Yesterday, the Beatles song. I wanted to play a clip, but I knew Force was going to tell me that YouTube would shut us down. So instead, I'm going to read it to you because it just blesses my soul so much. You ready? Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play, oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. Suddenly, I need waffle fries in front of me. With some nuggets and a large sweet tea, oh, Chick-fil-A, you set me free. (laughs) Kids, get in the van so we can go there today. But their stores are closed. Oh, I know, because it's Sunday. Chick-fil-A, what a dirty, rotten trick to play. Now I have to settle for Subway, and that is settling in my opinion. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. Amen. You've never seen it. It's so much better. I want to sing it, but I'm not going to. It's so great. But in an effort to help us forgive Chick-fil-A, let's consider together what Sabbath means according to the Bible. The word Sabbath actually means to cease from working. It's pretty straightforward. And in another book that I have been reading in preparation for this series that I recommend called 24-6 by Dr. Matthew Sleeth, it's very interesting because he's a physician speaking to this in even medical terms. But he calls the Sabbath stop day. It's stop day. Doesn't that sound good? Yes, stop day. 
And he says in his book, Sabbath is a time to transition from human doings to human beings. Have you ever said that? I just don't even feel human right now. I feel like a machine. And he also goes on to say that Sabbath keeping in our world is both an act of faith and an act of courage. Courage that few have. And the Bible is clear that God's intention is for us to simply not work one day a week. Now, I'm the first to admit this concept seems very difficult in 2021. We get emails on our phones for crying out loud. It's very hard to get away from work. And most businesses are open seven days a week. But as I've been studying this for several weeks now, I've come to understand that the Bible, uh, something the Bible specifically says about Sabbath that often I think gets overlooked and doesn't get addressed enough. That Jesus said the Sabbath is for us. And that is key. It seems simple and obvious, yet you and I wring our hands to make the Sabbath a part of our faith life, and we miss the point that God had for it in the process. We worry about the rules, what we're allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do. What day is the Sabbath? Oh my word, I'm so confused. And we feel like, you know what, I can't do it consistently, so I won't do it at all. And that's not good. I know I'm guilty of that. And so we see taking a day off as an impossible obligation, while our Creator sees it as a necessary blessing to us. And that's the difference between our perspective and God's perspective. There is something fundamental to our, our fallen nature that sees us take the simplicity of what God would ask of us and make it harder than it actually is. Do we have any overthinkers in the house? Oh, come on. Thank you. I saw a sign the other day, and it said, um, it was one of those wooden signs, you know, they have with the words or the sayings, and it said, give me a minute while I overthink this. And I thought of a lot of people I could have bought that for, but it was, I thought, yeah, that's so true. But I think it's very important for us to understand this about human nature just overall, that we're inclined to extremes. Have you ever noticed that? It's just in our nature. And I believe this is why the scripture challenges us over and over again for our carnal nature to have self-control. The Bible talks about moderation. The Bible talks about temperance. And here was the problem in Jesus' day. That in an effort to protect the Sabbath, the Jews added many rules and stipulations to it. Now, their intention was probably good in the beginning. And you've probably picked up on this when you read the Gospels. Because it's interesting to note that the one group of people that Jesus really had a problem with were the Pharisees. The religious zealots of that time. But we see Jesus consistently go after these people. For turning what God had meant to be a blessing to the people of God. And they had made it an obligation. And one of the times Jesus addressed this reality of the human condition with the Pharisees was in this specific context of the Sabbath. Mark chapter 2, let's look at it together. Verse 23, now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, 
Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? They're breaking the rules, Jesus. But he said to them, have you never read what David did? When he was in need and hungry, he and those with them with him, how we went into the house of God in the days of Abathar, the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests, and also gave some to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. And I believe in this simple statement of Jesus. We see clearly God's intent for the Sabbath and its wonderful purity and simplicity. That the Sabbath is a gift from God to us. Just as God did not rest creation week because he was tired, we are not required by God to keep Sabbath for his sake. It's strictly for our sake and for our benefit. God's way has always been best. It has always had our best interest at heart. And Sabbath, my friends, is no different than anything else that the Bible requires of you and I. It's for us. Jesus wanted to set the record straight when he was here to say that God values people over the system. Every time. That if there is a choice in the matter, God's going to choose the person rather than the rules involved. That's what grace is. And the Pharisees were hung up on the what. They're breaking the rules, Jesus. What are you going to do about it? And here Jesus pushes back to say, but what about the why? You're so worried about the rule that you don't even know why the rule was created. Because Jesus pushed back to say, the benefit is not for me. It's not for God. The benefit is for them because God loves people more than he loves rules. And we mix that up sometimes. This made me think about COVID and all the rules that we had to learn. And people got crazy. People are still crazy. Whatever side, I'm not here to make a statement, but whatever side. And there were people that were so committed to the rules that people were an afterthought. Relationships weren't as important as keeping the rules. And then there were people who didn't care about the rules because they wanted to be together so much. And people got sick, and we, we've seen it all. We've, we've seen it all happen, one vicious cycle after another. And so even in our own experience in the last couple of years, we see this tension between people and the process. But Jesus wanted it to be clear to us that we miss the point of a day of rest if we limit its meaning, its meaning to what we don't do. He sees it as an opportunity for you and I to be renewed by focusing on him and not on our work. Jesus cares about our mental state. He cares for those who are overworked and consequently overwhelmed. He, mo- he made the most amazing invitation that you and I will ever receive when he said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
So true rest isn't in a nap, although that's beneficial. It's not simply in the book that you can't wait to get to, although that is wonderful. But Jesus said, I give rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest. That's a promise. Do we understand? It's not just a gift, but it's a promise that Jesus has made to us for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This opportunity to rest in Jesus is a vital prescription for good mental health. Amen. Sabbath is not meant to be a heavy burden, another source of guilt, another you don't do it right and you don't do enough in your life. That's not what it's for. And that's why it doesn't have to be a certain day. The point of Sabbath is simply to stop. That's what the Lord wants us to know. The when and the how don't matter near as much to God as the why. And we're going to get to why here as we get to app time. The reason for Sabbath is that he wants you and I to remember him. And to remember what he has done in our lives. It's what he told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 5. This is another time where God goes over the Ten Commandments. And it's so interesting that in these particular verses, God gives them a reason, a very specific reason to observe the Sabbath. Let's look at verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. I'm going to skip down to verse 15. And remember... Think about this, that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. It is incredible for us to see that in this instance, God does not point them back to creation, which he could have to say, see, I did it, so you should do it too. No, he points them back to their time as slaves in Egypt. Why? Because slaves don't get to rest. Slaves don't have a choice. Isn't that convicting? That in the context of the command to take a day off, God says, I want you to remember that I delivered you from bondage. That you are not slaves anymore. And I don't want you to live enslaved by anything ever again. Some of us are slaves to our jobs. Some of us are slaves to our calendars. Some of us are slaves to our phones. It's all right. God was saying, the Sabbath is to remind you that you are mine. That you're not supposed to live in bondage anymore because you're mine. And here we see the essence of Sabbath, that we put God first with our time, not just with our money. It takes the same faith 
to give a day a week back to God by not working as it does to live off of 90% or less of your income when you tithe and give offerings. It's the same kind of faith. And we get hung up on the rules, the details of what it means to take a day off. And that is not the point, my friends. And so if you're waiting for me in this series to define what a Sabbath should look like for you, you will be disappointed because I am not going to do that. And I'm very intentional in doing that because I know that if I gave you a handout, if I gave you three points on the screen, you would be so focused on that list that you too would miss the point of the Sabbath, as I have for a very long time. The point of the Sabbath is simply, according to the Word of God, to not do anything related to your work, to your job specifically. That means emails, that means texts, whatever it is, just one day a week. It's like tithe, just 10%. You get to manage the rest. And it's your gift from God to use as you choose. It was Paul who made a bold declaration when he said, I will not be enslaved by anything. It's in the context of that verse that we hear a lot. I, I could do a lot of things, he says, but, but not everything is good for me to do. I could do whatever I want, is what Paul said. He said, but there are some things I don't do because they're not profitable. They're not going to help me. And after he makes that statement, he says, I will not be enslaved by anything. And some of us need to remember how God has brought us out of Egypt. Your own personal testimony. And understand that God created and saved you for more than just a nine to five. For more than just a calendar. He understands we have to work. And this is the point, I hope you hear me. Work is not the enemy. God created work. God worked for six days. And God also created this concept of rest for us. Not resting is the enemy, my friends. Work is not the enemy. Not resting is the enemy for us. It's why we are broken in our bodies. It's why we're broken in our minds, in our emotions, and even in our spirits. And so, with that being said, we're going to go to our app time. And we're going to give you a few minutes to discuss with somebody near you. What are some ways that God is challenging you to remember the Sabbath? Okay? So it's probably going to be a little hard to get started here. It's a little personal. It's real. But again, we're not talking about Sunday. We're talking about a day of rest. A day where you don't do anything related to your work. I know the Lord is talking to you. That's why... It's tense in this moment, and that's okay. And so we're going to just pause from the Word of God, really getting after us, and we're going to discuss it among ourselves. You go right ahead.
All right. Well, everybody okay? A lot of laughter over here. I want to know. I feel left out. I have FOMO, Sister Reed. Oh, God. If you have a question, then I don't know. Okay. Yes. Twenty-four. Was this your idea, Sister? No. Okay. I don't think so, but hey, we're in discovery here. So you ask the Lord and tell me what He says because. That might help me too. (laughs) I'll have you stand with me. Excuse me, I'm on Sabbath hours. Thank you. (laughs) It's actually kind of brilliant. I just don't know if that's God's way. But (laughs) clearly your pastoral staff struggles in this way. So we are on the altar first, I assure you. We are trying to figure this out, but... Obviously, we need to keep God first in everything that we do. That's what we want to do. We want Him to be first. And He wants to keep us out of bondage by strengthening us in His presence. And that's, that's the truth. I know we all feel that, that when we do stop, even if it's not our day off, we take time in a day to be in the presence of God. We do feel refreshed. We feel rested. We, we know what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 11, even though for us it's more like Sabbath minutes, <laughs> not even hours. But I, I, when I was praying about this, I, I felt like the Lord gave me this visual, and it could be for my benefit, but I, um, I, I love holidays, you know, and, and it was like I could see myself giving the girls a present and them refusing to open it. How would I feel? And then for me to sit there and tell them how to open it and how to use it, that would be anticlimactic as well. Have you guys ever seen, Asher is notorious for this, somebody opens someone else's present and you're like, hey, wait, what, what? And yet, that's probably how God feels. He has this wonderful idea that he's had for a very long time that he presents to us throughout his word, New Testament and Old Testament, from the very beginning of time. And he keeps, would you just open it? Would you just give it a chance? Even if it's Sabbath hours, would you just... Just see if you like it, guys. See if it works. Feel like, you know, it's like tithe and offering where God says, prove me. Test me. Try it out. Give me the chance. Because if God can provide the 10 plus percent back into your income that you give, how could he not... Give to us the energy, the creativity, the ingenuity it takes to lose a day of work. I feel like God is promising that he will. And it's our responsibility to allow him to deliver on that. 
but we have to open the gift. We have to try it. One of the things that has really impacted me, Robert Morris is a pastor, and so I, I relate with some of the things he says very specifically, but he has learned to schedule nothing on a day a week in his planner, that he literally puts nothing down. And that hasn't gone over well with some people, even some other pastors, because they'll ask him to do something on that particular day. And because he's committed to the Lord, unless it's an extreme situation, he'll say, no, I'm doing nothing that day. (laughs) And they're so insulted and taken back, like, well, why can't you do that? You're doing nothing. And he's like, you don't understand. I have an appointment with God to do nothing that day. Oh my. What makes not working holy to God is that we stop and we remember Him. Because when we're rested, we are much more inclined to have a clearer focus. We are much more inclined to be grateful, to acknowledge Him, and we honor Him by putting our faith and our focus on Him and not on ourselves. Not in our ability to get things done. Not in our energy. But by Sabbath, we say, God, I trust you for this day and with this day. And I leave you with this tonight as we pray. That God's provision has always required our cooperation. And so if you want supernatural help in this way, with your schedule, your, your calendar, your, your energy, then we have to take God at his word and we have to obey this command. We have to try. And so for now, if it is something, it's so beyond your ability you feel like to do, that maybe it's part of a day that you schedule nothing. I learned a long time ago, I have to schedule everything that matters even my family time. Because sadly, if it is not on my calendar, I'll either forget it or I'll schedule over top of what should have been that time. And so tonight, I humbly challenge you in a way that God has been challenging me to schedule a day off to not do anything related to your work on that particular day. For one day a week. Because that's what the Bible is talking about. I want you to try it. Tonight, if you're so inclined, I want you to look at your calendar and figure out what that day is or what that half day is where you promise the Lord, I am not going to check my email. I am not going to answer that text till tomorrow. God forbid I put my phone on airplane mode and be fully engaged with real people who are sitting in front of me. Oh, God. I'm telling you right now, I don't know if I can not say anything about social media next week, but I will try. But if the Lord tells me to, I will. But anyway, I, I, feel, I feel conviction. I feel the drawing of the Holy Ghost because I feel like if we can trust God in this way, our lives will be more blessed, will be healthier in every way imaginable, And we will have a stronger relationship with God because we are making him and his word a greater priority in our lives.
And that's what I want for all of us. Amen. And so, however the Lord is dealing with you, I want you to just pray with me in closing. God, I love you and I thank you for your kindness, your mercy to us, God, that even in your commandments, you have always had our best interest at heart. And so, God, I know that many of us are hardworking. We love the kingdom of God. We love our families. We want to provide. We want to have a great life. We want to do things that, that make others' lives more meaningful and better. And yet, God, we are so inclined to extremes where we do not leave ourselves any margin. There is no day that we are not filling up with activity. And God, that is not what you want for us. And so, God, I thank you that your word is so powerful that you can apply it to each of us individually just as you see fit. You know what each of us need in this series. And so, God, I know that this idea of stepping away from work for one day a week is part of your desire to see us healthy in our minds and in our relationships. And so, God, I just pray you give us the courage, give us the faith to try to test you in this way so that you can prove yourself to us so that we can please you in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, Thanks for listening.